What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 102 of the VK Bros, broadcasting from Casa de COVID, also known as the uh, the VK household on the beautiful sunny Gold Coast, with the boys, Jason Alex Von Cannell. How are you, bro? I was better until I realised this was the Casa de COVID. This is obviously the Casa de recover from COVID. Yeah, Casa de uh, now negative from COVID, but has had an awfully uh, fun time of it over the last two weeks. See, this this face, if anyone watching on YouTube, this is the face of someone who has given unconditional love to two young children for the last two weeks straight. Honestly, I do not know how people in Melbourne survived a 200-day lockdown, especially in, like, single-bedroom apartments, not even allowed to go outside. I, um, I was pushed to my wit's end. <laughs> I was genuinely concerned about your mental health mm. uh, through speaking to you because mm-hmm. there was not a lot of upside uh, to life. I mean... Counter to that, I mean, today I uh, went, played golf, mm-hmm. had a glorious victory, went and had lunch with a friend, had beer, mm-hmm. driving a Ferrari. <laughs> it sounded pretty good, isn't it? So life... Like, your life sounds all right. Life's good. Mm. Life's good. Can I start with a douchey Ferrari story? Absolutely. So first of all, I got it back... Um, after I got the little issue sorted out, and I was actually, mm-hmm. it's funny, everyone still thinks that there's um, ridiculously expensive costs associated, but mm-hmm. the parts that failed were literally $200 each. Right, yeah. So I thought we'd take it for a drive, but I went to the uh, service station yesterday, because mm-hmm. very thirsty, <laughs> loves a drink, loves yep. a drink. And there was a young guy... Uh, obviously a new staff member who's spent a lot of time cleaning the bowser that I was at so that he could scope it out. And look, I'm, I'm all for it. I love having a chat about cars. And he was mm-hmm. asking some questions and I was answering it and I went in and paid and the old bloke behind the counter goes, oh, I've never seen it work so hard before in his, his life. There must be a Ferrari out there. Mm-hmm. And we had a bit of a laugh. Then went out, went out, he's asking more questions and now like, I, I want to go. Yeah. And I did the douchiest thing, and I, I, I'm actually disgusted myself because I missed an opportunity, and mm. I was a douche. Right. The reason why I was a douche is because I said, well, start saving, <laughs> knowing full well that I don't believe that. <clears throat> That's there. right. Yeah. I should have said, buy Bitcoin. That would have been the perfect opportunity to yeah, say, true. buy Bitcoin. Yeah. So I was, I was a douchebag, and I missed a great opportunity to hopefully put a young person on the, on right, the right path. path yeah. Because no. I give you a tip. <laughs> Working at Shell, he's never going to be able to save enough <clears throat> to follow his dream of getting a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It's actually, that's one of those times in life when... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but that's one of those times in life where you you think about how you could have responded to a situation way after it. It's like when, you know, someone says something to you and you you give them a comeback and the comeback's like a five out of 10. And yeah. then later on, you're like having a shower and you go, oh, I should have said this. Well, you and I, we craft it. Yeah. So we'll talk about it after and say like in future, I would, like uh, if I had that my time again, I would have said this so yeah. that you learn from next time that it comes up. Yeah. Because we're not perfect. No. You know, my comeback. We're striving and, to be. I mean, this was my... My golfing approach this morning, uh, Robbie, who I played against. Shout out to Robbie. He, he's he been getting lessons. Mm-hmm. So he was very confident going in. He's also done a couple of uh, days at the driving range to improve his skill. Right. And as he pulled in, uh, I met him at his car where I said, I hope you kept receipts for your lessons 
because after this, you're going to want a refund. <laughs> now, I think it was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked out. Yeah. And you talked the talk and you walked the walk. Because you won by, what, five shots? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful day for golf, too. Cracking day. Absolutely cracking day. So I don't know how good this is going to come through on the video, but obviously we're out the back here in my uh, my resort-style backyard uh, with the pool, with the sun out. It's a beautiful day on the Gold Coast. What do they call the little vacuum cleaner? Pool vac? It's not the best site. I could have cleaned a pool before we did this. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does suck. Mm. Um, now, something else I wanted to speak about just really quickly, because I know you've got some real stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, got my DEXA scan last week. I don't think I've spoken. Oh, first of all, thanks, thanks, Chris. Shout out to Chris for mm. um, filling in last time. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, I think he had a good time. Yeah. He, he felt a little bit underprepared, but he's got like, he, he's, he's written some notes for, for next time. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity. Oh, I'm to, sure there'll be another th- next time to ring in. Yeah. Um, another shout out to his friend that will refuse to debate me on whether, uh, crypto is worthwhile or not. Right. Um, Chris, is that Dan from the podcast or is that someone else? No, someone else. Right. Someone else. Now my, my Dexa scan, I was disappointed with. Mm-hmm. I put on only 45 grams of lean mass okay. and I gained 800 grams of, sorry, 400 grams of fat. Okay. Now I have done something positive with that information. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't, I haven't let it get to me. I've, mm. I've used it as a constructive thing and, and I've reduced the snacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've replaced a lot of my afternoon snacks with fruit. Yep. Basically just being an adult. That's, that's effectively <laughs> what I've done. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing it for like six days now. I haven't seen any results. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit head nicking, but you yeah. know, you got to stick with it. And I also finished my gym's testing, which we do twice a year. Right. Now, I didn't do the last test because I was injured. Yep. But I have improved in every single facet except one. Okay. So deadlift, I went up from 150 kilos to 160. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is one rep max. Yep. Uh, military press, I went, which is just on a bar straight up. Yeah, I went from seventy kilos to seventy-five. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Uh, bench press, I'm most proud of. I went from one hundred five to one fifteen. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, the and then there was some. Uh, oh, sorry, chin ups. I went from two chin ups to four chin ups. Nice. Uh, went from. Oh, did so the cardio one was like five hundred meters on the rowing machine followed by 600 metres on the assault bike and then a 700 metre run. Yep. And it's timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took like 48 seconds off my my time. Okay. So that was good and yeah, I felt nice. much better too. And a rowing Tabata, so 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. You have to get 100 metres every, um, every, every time. Every so. Yeah. Yep. Now I did, I actually, now I halved my time. So I lost, last testing i was minus 68 i went minus 34 which is good mm-hmm. but i thought the roll-on was going to give me uh was going to count right. but it doesn't count because i finished above 800 right. so i think if i did it again i, w- I could have got a high school yeah. i just wanted to net out but yep yep you know live and learn mm-hmm. now the 40 cal on the assault bike this one i don't know if i've mentioned is it has been in my head for weeks mm. It's the one, it's literally just on the assault bike and see how quickly you can do 40 cows. Yep. Last time I did it, I effectively lost sight at 10 calories. You lost, lost sight? 
I couldn't see. <laughs> right. The windmills were getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah, and bigger yeah. ice until I couldn't see. Yeah. And at the who knows what, you know, I lost hearing. I, I lost everything. I When I finished, it gives you a confirmation beep to say that you're off. And I think they yep. were screaming at me that I'd finished. I got off. I f- the beeps were in the machine when you woke up in hospital. <laughs> could be. Uh, basically keeled over in the gym. After 10 minutes, I made my way to my office, which is right next door, mm-hmm. where I laid on the couch and just woke up 45 minutes later. Yeah. I effectively passed out. Yeah, yeah. So it's been in my head that this is the one to fear. That I, I, was, I was very scared of mm-hmm. doing this and I wanted to achieve a better result. Mm-hmm. So I got 62 seconds on my first, the first time around. Right. And I wanted to beat it. All so, I do, so it's the amount of time it takes you, is it to burn 40 calories? No, it's just to register 40 or calories generate on the machine. 40 calories through the machine. Yeah, which is an Whatever arbitrary figure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, doesn't mean anything. It was just a measure that we use on those bikes. Yep. Now, it's funny you say that because... One of the guys, one of the guys that goes to the gym, real numbers guy, mm-hmm. he'd said to me, "You're not going to beat it." And I'm like, "Man, I don't like the negativity. I've beaten everything else. I don't like negativity." Mm. And he goes, "It's not you. It's the machines." Now this guy that was telling me, he's got the record in the gym. He did 40 calories in 18 seconds. Mate, it sounds to me like someone who's trying to hold on to the record. <laughs> no, no, well, he, he's untouchable. Like even the trainers there, I think I think the next best is a trainer at like 23 or 24. But he said, so it's 24 seconds. Seconds, right? All the records were made on one particular assault bike. That's not which there. does not register the calories in decimals. Oh. Now this guy is adamant. He said. I've, I've done assault bike basically every day mm-hmm. and I know that these don't count as fast as what that old machine did. Right. So as far as he can, he's concerned, no one will ever get the record because the machine that did it is gone. Yeah, interesting. Which falls in line with what my result was because I am fitter because I was fitter in all the other things that I did. Yeah. But I went slower on that. How much slower? I finished at 118 instead of 62. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's so seventy-eight. Uh, no, sixty-eight. No, was that one eighteen to seventy-eight seconds? Yeah, compared to 62, sixty-two seconds. Yeah, it is unreasonable to think that you would be. You're you're essentially ten percent ahead in every other metric. Correct. And then you're to almost twenty percent behind. Yeah. On so that I, one. and and he did say that before. Um. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Fair enough. Oh, no, um, look, I, I, sounds like great results, all in all. Um, like. We, we've said the whole time, what's really interesting for me about this whole fitness journey that uh, you're on in particular because obviously you're training and working at it week like in, week out. Formally training. Yeah. yeah, formally training, but also like uh, formally recording everything, you know, doing the fitness testing yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's a big deal. Uh, just from like an anecdotal perspective, I was watching stuff on YouTube the other day and one of our first episodes of the podcast showed up mm-hmm. and we're fat as fuck. Paunch is the yeah. word I'd use, yeah. Like, I've got that round tire around my stomach, and, like, we're both fat faces. Yeah. Like, so just even from a visual perspective, we've both come a long way in the last... It's been almost two well, years. Well, you're looking great. Your your work, I think, is doing wonders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. and having seen um, the food and drink that you've been able to consume during that time is... Mm. Very impressive as well. Alex has uh, changed his diet out to be more of an adult, and I have regressed further back to Absolutely. being a teenage male. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have. I was telling the boys uh, a little while ago. I've been eating so much fast food lately, because and, and like I try to be smart with my fast food choices, 
So my my main fast food Oxymoron. choice. Oxymoron. Well, Oxymoron Deluxe with cheese. Yeah, probably. That's probably a fair thing to say. Actually, I'm not going to try to uh, sugarcoat it. <laughs> Although you would like that, I would love that. Uh, no, um, five five uh, original tenders from KFC is like my go-to snack mm. now. So it's just chicken plus all the batter and all the beautiful seasoning and everything like that. Mm. But it's a high amount of protein. It's some, obviously it's got a lot of fat in it and that sort of thing. But I'm not going to print pretend it's good for you. But as far as things that you can order off the KFC menu, it's probably not the worst thing that you can actually order. But one thing I've really enjoyed doing lately is a lot of like all the KFCs around my local area have got two lanes. I love pulling the overtake in a drive-through. Yeah, right. There is nothing more satisfying yeah. because you have to sit next to the person. As like, so what I'm talking about is you might be showing up for the drive-thru and some idiot has just followed one of the other cars straight through. Because people are obsessed with following lines. That's right. Um, Because too many people are like monkey see, monkey do. And they'll just jump into a line instead of taking the free lane. And there's nothing more satisfying than just jumping, ducking straight into the free lane. And then you wait. And then it's like, Walk in the KFC, might take your order, please. And you're like, yeah! And you can tell the other person hears it too. And they're so shitty. But hopefully that's a lesson. Hopefully they learn that your conformity to a social construct mm. that is not being dictated or mandated by anyone yep. but yourself it, has just cost me. you. That's right. And, and that's, it's, it's li- I've literally done it three times in probably the last mm. maybe three weeks. That's a lesson to everyone out there. Yeah. Right? I've had a lot of opportunities. <laughs> you practice yeah. I've had a lot of practice yeah. but uh, you, you, you've, you've recognised how to beat the person to the apex yeah it's also a way is it always the inside lane or is it just at the opposite lane it's just the opposite lane yeah okay and because sometimes you can round people around the outside yeah that's right yeah uh, but it's just like it is so interesting to me that that just that phenomenon of people just joining in behind on the line just joining in like you see this even when you go to like a food court and people are, you know, standing in a line or whatever, maybe to, to order something. And quite often people just go up and stand behind people, even if then they've, they've already ordered, they're just waiting. It happens that, so I've been at Queensland Transport a couple of times this week mm-hmm. and it's been bedlam. I learned something new. You get, dealers get priority before 11.45, right. but not after. And they never told me that. Okay. So And I've had to go in the afternoons the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to walk in, get a ticket from the machine that gives you a number, then go stand wherever you want, wait for your number to get called out. Yeah. But the amount of people, like I would go stand outside mm-hmm. and the amount of people that would just come stand next to you and I stopped telling people <laughs> until they ask. Yeah. Are you in a line? No, no, just go in. Yeah. It's not your responsibility. Yeah. Like you're I, not their parents. And then I had this bitch. Right. Tell me if this, if this, <coughs> is this whacked out right? Hmm. I was out on the phone outside, so it was packed. It stunk inside. The heat was up too high. So everyone's like, there was probably 40 people in there and just stunk. So I'm standing outside in the sun, but I can see through the window at the the numbers on the board, so I'm not Mm going to miss my spot. And I'm on the phone because I thought, got to utilize the time. So I'm I'm doing deals, spinning wheels, you know? Yeah. And this lady comes out talking on speakerphone to her friend Mm -hmm. and comes out and stands right next to me. Yeah. Talking on speaker. Mm. And obviously she needs to speak louder because I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to power play her by yeah. speaking louder. Yeah. But she she beat me. I had to capitulate. So I, really? I, I bailed out. Well, I was done with the call. So there was literally no reason for me to keep talking. Mm. But I thought that who who thinks that that's okay to do that? It's the, it's the 2022 equivalent of walking into a male toilet 
and having someone pissing at the urinal just going standing next to them, even though, though there's free stalls like further away. Totally. It's just not okay. It, yeah, I found that so bizarre. And it was like, I was the only person on that side of mm. the entire building. Yeah, right. There were heaps of other places to go, but she chose to go right next to me. Maybe, maybe being punked. The stuff was not serious. I mean, I could hear the conversations clear as day. They're mm. literally just having a chat about stuff. Yeah. Whacked out. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a, a recent phenomenon I've noticed too, is the amount of people who have speakerphone conversations in public. Yeah, I do it now too. No, not in public. No, no, not in public. Yeah, but I'll, I, I'll... I do speakerphone a lot because I might be doing other things, holding mm. the kids. Like we do FaceTime all the time mm. when I've got the kids in my lap and that sort of thing. But I notice that a lot when you're just out places, the amount of people who are walking around sort of holding the phone like we're holding these mics, yeah. um, having a conversation with someone that everyone can listen to. Like, like, remember, and look, maybe it's symptomatic of society. Remember, privacy used to be important to people. Like, people actually used to care about privacy. What's, that, what's that meme? Don't, let's not talk over the phone because the government's listening Hey Siri, what's the what's the recipe for pancakes? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, maybe do we just not care about privacy anymore? Like, is that? I think we care window? less. I th- okay, I found this on the web. <laughs> what? Oh, I, I mean, I, I said it. Siri. Sorry, if you guys yeah. didn't hear that, Siri just it answered. Yeah, so Siri's listening to this conversation too. Which, let's be honest, the government is probably listening to the VK pros. I'm sure we're on the list somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've no doubt we're on, we're on a list. Um, do you want to talk about, is there anything to say about Origin? Oh yeah, would you like my Origin breakdown? Did you watch the game? I watched the KO Sports. Oh, the Mini? The Mini. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It didn't, I, I mean all the hype on the news said that it was the best <coughs> Origin game that there's ever been, but yep. for me the points differential wouldn't say that. The only thing I think, the only reason why I think people do think it was great is because it had all the elements of a good game in that. Yeah. You know, it had a backwards and forwards. It had some beef, mm-hmm. but oh, I mean, you, you can't really get the, you can't get the same feeling from the mini. Okay, so the whole, to, in my opinion, like for me, it was I don't know, I, I can't call it the greatest game ever. I'm sure like the first Origin game was probably the greatest game in Origin history, but it was one of the most enjoyable games I've watched in a long, long time of football. And you like, like you're right, it literally had everything. So. In the lead-up, it had the drama because you had, uh, like, Queensland's main guy, Cameron Munster, get ruled out because of COVID on Friday. So the guy who killed it and got man of the match in the first game right. and won the game for us in Sydney, all of a sudden, just a few days out, because of COVID, is ruled out. Yeah. And this this actually sparked... It's, it's really interesting when... Like, I listen to, like, Bloke in a Bar, love the podcast. I don't want to go too far into it, mm-hmm. only because I even know that the NRL fans yep. have said they're over it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I won't go too far into it. But I just want to say, um, it's interesting seeing, like, mainstream sports podcasts now starting to talk about COVID. And, like, because they've been avoiding it for ah, 12 right, months. Right. Right? Like, every time it comes up... Are they up, saying there needs to be an investigation? Well, kind of. Like, they're actually at the point now where they're like... Because like, they swear and stuff. Because it's, like, the blokiest stuff that you can listen to. They're literally like, why the fuck are we, like... And, and so, Dan and Kemp had a good point. He goes... There's going to be 50,000 people in Suncorp Stadium. Judging by the statistics of how many people are infected at the moment, at least a 1,000 of those people will have COVID. And we're ruling out someone like Cam Munster, who by all accounts is fine. Yeah, right. Like, he was sweet. 
He's yeah. like like one the one of asymptomatic people. Yeah. He's like if there's anyone who COVID's not going to have a negative effect on, it's Cam Munster. It's a young, super athlete. Yeah, super athlete. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so it's it's been interesting to see that shift. Well, what, what I thought was funny is on Channel Seven, they had, they the article was pushing mandatory mask wearing to try and bring back because it's massive blow up. Mm. And then when it went to the sports segment, Barretts was taking selfies with all the fans mm. and he'd been out like, he was at the Caxton for lunch. Yeah. It, it, like he was taking photos of everyone. He's just like, out living his best life. Doing what a sports yeah. presenter should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living, yeah, living life. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. You can say one thing and, and look, there is definitely a camp of people that are still super terrified by it, mm. you know, and if you, and if you look at the numbers, you can see why you'd be terrified. And, and the thing but is, then, but then there's, right. a, there's another cohort of people that are living life and, and enjoying it. Yeah, but see, and everyone it, looks like they had a really good time at Origin. It, I think, I think everyone, unless you're a blue supporter, had a great time yeah. at Origin. But this is this is the this will segue me into into something I want to speak about now. You're right. If you if you were one of those people who was scared of COVID during the any time of the pandemic, if you were fearful of COVID, you should be fearful of it now. Totally. Because the statistics indicate it is way worse this year than it has been any other year. Because I haven't been watching Australian data. I only have been watching Queensland data. Mm, okay. And we went from we went from like two deaths a day to 20 deaths a day. Yeah. Pretty regularly. Yeah, I haven't had a look recently, but... Sorry, I want to say recently. I haven't had a look today, but I remember looking at it a few days ago and the seven-day average of deaths in Australia was 42 a day Right. at the moment. Like that is that's horrendous compared to where we've been at pretty much any other point in the pandemic. Yeah, and that includes like pre vaccines and pre treatments. Yeah, like uh, let I will segue to this. I'm just going to do a quick COVID, a uh, quick Origin wrap up. The reason why it was one of the most enjoyable games that I've ever watched was because there was so much drama involved in it. So you had the COVID um, stuff ruling people out before the game had even oh. started. You had the fact that. Like, New South Wales absolutely belted Queensland in the second game. Right. But then you also had the fact that New South Wales has not won a decider at Suncorp Stadium since 2005. Yeah, I only found that out by a billboard that I passed on the way yeah. to work. Which, in my opinion, was the greatest individual origin performance I've ever seen, which is Andrew Johns. Joey Johns was... that. That's the If you want to watch someone be the GOAT in rugby league, go and watch that game. Game 3, 2005. That's the best individual performance okay. in an NRL game, or sorry, in a rugby league game of all time. Right. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll move on. But when the game started in, I think it was the first set of six, uh, Corey Oates was running the ball out, led with his head, and knocked out Cameron Murray from the New South Wales players when he tried to tackle him. So he was out for the game. In the next set, uh, so uh, sorry, Queensland's kicked the ball down to the New South Welshman. New South Wales players trying to run down at their own end. Selwyn Cobber puts his head in the wrong position trying to make a tackle, catches Pat- Patrick Carrigan's hip. He gets knocked out. He's gone for the rest of the game. I think it was in the same set. Queensland had a prop, get knocked out, and gone for the whole game. Look at what I titled the note. Douchebag Ferrari driver. CTE of origin. <laughs> yeah. CTE of origin. So when I watched that thing, I was like, these guys, like it brings a whole new word to the term flop. You know, yeah. it was yeah. an involuntary flop. Yeah. It was brutal. Like, it was brutal. And... That's why people watch that sport. Like, let's let's be real. They've done a lot of work on cleaning the game up over the years, and you don't want to have people like you don't watch it to watch people get injured. Mm. But it is a con- it is the contact sport. I'm not even going to say it's a contact sport. In as far as world contact sports, unless you're looking at actual like combat sports, it is the combat sport. You can say the NFL's got higher 
like higher velocity contact, yeah, that's fine. But you've also got all the padding and you've got all the stoppages. Yeah. Like it is the it's the and most two different teams. Yeah, it's it's the most gladiatorial sport that there is. And, and this game was what people came to see. An interesting note, kind of similar but kind of not, is they just had the hung, uh, the Austrian Formula One. Right. And Lewis Hamilton crashed on the Saturday sprint race that they had. Yeah. And the crowd cheered. Now, the reason why the crowd cheered is because that's where all the Dutch fans, because it's close to um, where Verstappen's from. Yep. It's not his home country, but it, it's like his home race. Yeah, yeah. So, the whole sea of orange. Yeah. And everyone's saying, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, cheer when another driver crashes. Mm. If I was go-karting and my friend crashed, You'd like I would us. cheer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would cheer. Now, we know that nine time, 9.9 times out of 10, they are safe. Yeah. When I don't think anyone's cheering when a car is burst. When like when Grosjean went between the wall, like and it burst into flames, mm. no one was cheering. No, no, no. But when Lewis Hamilton came off and nudged the wall, mm-hmm. everyone cheered. Yeah, it wasn't racist. It was it was teamist. Yeah, we wanted to see this eight time or seven time whatever eight time champion. Mm-hmm. We wanted to see him make a very rare mistake. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't do that. Yep, and he's just done it, so everyone cheered. Mm. And the fact that people are coming out, Ricardo had to. Oh, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be cheering that stuff, guys. You're getting over like Dude, getting it's a, sports. It's like sport. at the end of the day, the whole point of sports is to be tribal. It is the way that we have been able to exercise the tribal parts of our psyche. Yeah, in a in a controlled environment. In a controlled environment in a society. Right, because yeah. you you can't normally do that. Yeah, uh, but it's the same in every sport. Like, unfortunately, you want to see the people that you don't like go poorly. Absolutely. In, in what uh, you want them to be okay, you know, like you said, no one's going to see Lewis Hamilton have a, a fiery crash and get caught on fire and cheer for it. Like, or maybe there will be a few people mm. that will do that, and they do wear hoods. <laughs> when but, Rob, when Robbie sliced the ball today at golf, yeah, I laughed. Yeah, yeah, I laughed in yeah. his face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good sportsmanship to do that. Yeah, because and they should learn that that hurts, and they should not do that again. Correct, and that's and that's part of my approach is why I talk a big game. I talk a massive game because mm. then I've got I need to perform. Yeah, do you know what I mean I've I've added more uh, gravitas to my performance. Mm. I've set myself up, and it was funny because when I walked into the gym to do my forty cal that I've been putting off. Yeah, um, some of the comments were made. It's like, oh, you sh- you should have done it when no one's there. And one of the trainers who obviously mm. has le- learned, he's like, no, no, he needs this. He yeah, needs- that that was my first thought when that other when the the record holder had said right. that you couldn't beat it. I thought that they knew that about your psyche and were trying to actually pump you up. Well, when they the, do, you know what the problem is? They do, they were pumping me up, so I want I I want to be denigrated next time. So I want to be told, you're going shit, you suck. <laughs> uh, I want to see if that's better because we have spoken about. It. I mean, mm. uh, a friend of ours did a was it for his PhD? He did a study on to see what stimulus whether positive or negative stimulus helps performance mm. and um you know that's we we do talk about whether like we could run that test within our gym yeah to absolutely see, to see performance because everyone's going to be different though yeah true it's definitely a personality thing i the the biggest fuel that you can give me is you can tell me i can't do something yeah yeah, yeah. that's the biggest fuel that you can give me you can give me all the pats in the back in the world when it's something that's like a sporting endeavor or a business thing or whatever whatever it is, if it's something you're trying to achieve, as long as it's something that you can measure, I don't need the pats on the back because I... I you want the slaps in the face. Yeah, I, I'll be able to see the results. 
Like the the results tell me whether or not I'm progressing and going in the right direction. I don't I don't need something. Correct. To... Yeah, you know when you've done good. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you tell me that I can't do something, that just gives me fuel because I'm going to do it just to prove you wrong. And I also, after that, I'll ask the question: What did I do wrong? Mm. And they'll tell you because it, it's easy for someone to critique you. Yeah, yeah. And I picked up some good. So I that's what I did when I walked mm-hmm. out. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And he's like, oh, your arms did this. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, so enough mental, added that until mental note mm-hmm. to gather as much data as I can. So next time I'm better. And that's the most mature way to use that sort of fuel. Because unfortunately, too many people who have that like chip on their shoulder fuel, they don't ask for what did I do wrong afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, like they'll, they might be a poor loser a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, whereas to me, like, you know, I... Maybe it comes from a background of playing sports for like, uh, you know, growing, growing up on Tamri Mountain, small town, we didn't have a big player pool to mm. pull from. So quite often we were up against the odds because, you know, we're a town of like 5,000 people putting together a sports team and playing against places like, you know, Helensvale that you have 200,000 people down mm. here who are putting together a team of the same amount of people. So just the talent pool that you, you pull sure. from is much smaller. So maybe come like I I feel like in life I'm a very good loser because I've done a lot of losing in my life. Yeah, I've you know you joke about it all the time. I've never won a championship. Like as far as actual major sporting competition goes, never won a championship. Have I? Uh, you have. Yeah. Yeah. You have been a passenger in a very successful team before. Still there. Hey, results are results. What's the Chicago Bulls player that was basically on the bench the whole time? Oh, um. Steve Kerr? No, he, he wasn't on the bench all the time. He he could shoot. He was just a three-point shooter. He just wasn't the guy. Well, I'm worse than him. <laughs> but I've still got the ring. You are like... Um, like, for example, Andrew Bogut won an NBA championship with the Golden State Warriors when he got traded to the Warriors just in time for the playoffs to start yep. and broke his leg in the first game. But okay, but no, didn't play another game for the rest of the series. But they went on to win the championship. Still gets a ring. Oh, still gets it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's you. No, no, no. Mine wasn't that bad because I. So my I my tactic. I was a I was a wing, um, and I used to I used to set up most of the goals. Hmm. So I think I've only scored one goal in my entire soccer career. Yeah, but I set up probably seventy percent of the, all of them. Just kicking across to Danny McJanet. Who launched it in? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was it. He he had like the hot the top number. Yeah, I had the bottom number, but he was nothing without me. Hey, a, a team is a team, man. A team is a team. Uh, like and, I was there, and that's the thing: results, results. Yep. So, and maybe that that's probably a lesson for everyone. In you know, we we often talk about how you know our kids these days, like they're the generation where everyone gets a trophy for just mm. showing up, and unfortunately, you you see the results of a lot of that stuff now. Like they're there are a lot of people who are younger. And look, there's a lot of people our, our age too. This is a generalization because yep. our, our age group was really when they started bringing in some of that stuff. Yep. Or maybe just after us, like maybe three, four, five years after us was when they started bringing in a lot of that stuff. Um, nice. But you do see a lot of that mentality. I've got a lot of friends who run businesses now. They might run cafes or something like that. And something I've seen a lot of lately is a lot of posts about like millennial entitlement and about how young people don't want to work hard anymore or when they come into a business, they just want to 
run the place straight away. And we were joking about this the other day where we're talking about how now that we're in our mid-30s, we actually understand what experience means. And we remember being teenage kids and having someone in their mid-30s go, guys, like, you know, you just need to get some experience under your belt and whatever. We're like, oh, fuck, whatever. We know everything. Dude, when I did my... I can't remember if it was my six-month or my 12-month review mm. as a 17-year-old. <clears throat> yeah. This is how cocky I was. Yeah. So I'd started working at a dealership at the lowest, lowest, lowest rung. I was earning $20,000 a year. Yeah. I was probably earning, working 60 hours a week. Yeah. The lowest level job that you could possibly get. Yeah. I come to my review. I'm meeting the general sales manager and the dealer principal. Mm-hmm. I walk into the meeting and I sit in the boss's seat. <laughs> right? <laughs> And then he plays the game. He sits on the other side. Yep. And he's like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, right here. Right here, motherfucker. Oh, would have, that would have put me at 22 years old, right? Yeah. And, and obviously not deserving of the role. Mm-hmm. Where I have never, ever fallen for that, that sentiment towards the youth mm. has been around since humans have been around. Yeah. So I remember that moment in, 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 in my life. I know how cocky I was. Mm-hmm. So if I see someone cocky, that's not new. This is not a thing about that generation. If it is, it's an energy about that generation. Mm. And we need to harness it. It's, <coughs> it they are not entitled. Well, sorry, all people are entitled. We were entitled if, back then. I don't there know is if I would no, use the term cocky, though. There is no difference between this generation and that generation and our parents' generation. Yeah, At our core, we mm-hmm. all did the same shit I don't no I think it is different give me an example well the term cocky is not how I would describe the kids headstrong and cocksure no I I don't think they are headstrong I don't think they are cocksure like but you talked about entitlement yeah but entitlement doesn't necessarily mean you're cocky and, and aggressive and confident so a cocky person has that mentality like we were just discussing before where if they if they then came over and slapped you for it, you'd probably go, I'll fucking show you and you'd show up the next day and you'd work even harder. I don't... Like, just to give you a bit of an example with uh, some of the generational differences with some of the guys that I work with. So, my boss and I are very, very similar in that we're both very just straight shooters. If, if you're doing something wrong, we'll let you know mm. because it's the job, right? It's not a dig at you personally... We're not trying to hurt your feelings. It's like, hey, you fucked that thing up. Can you yep. not do that next time? And this is how you're going to fix it. But straightforward. And that's how we operate. And that's why we're very efficient at doing what we do. We've had some guys that have come to work with us over the last six months who are in that like 21 to 26, 27 year old age bracket who have all the same potential as, as we did at the same age. Like they're physically strong, they're very fit, they're very intelligent. But I would say they're more sensitive these days than what we were at the same age. So I don't think it's a cocky... Like, I, I don't think I would call that generation cocky. I would call them... I, I completely would... disagree with what you're saying. Okay. Because I think if you went back, you would find that you were just as sensitive. And, the, and what I think it's more a reflection of is management now, older people now not recognising that there is a difference hmm. in the generation forthcoming. So there is a difference. But it's all the same difference every single time. Hmm. So it's, it's what, as you 
progress and you become older, mm-hmm. you assume that that younger cohort should conform to do it the way that you did it. Therefore, you you try and you try and achieve things the way that you achieved it. Whereas what what the way I think it should be now is we should have learnt that that didn't work when we were coming through as efficiently as it could have, mm. and we need to treat them differently yeah, to yeah. make sure that they reach their potential. I'm not saying that they're that what they're doing is wrong. I'm saying that they are different. And I'm I... saying they're different too, but it's always been the same. I'm saying every... we we, we Socrates wrote the same thing 4,000 years ago, mm. that, that, that we have this same... Um, we have this same mentality of the upcoming, mm. we th- and we think... Gen- like, it's copy-paste. Copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste. Mm. So the only way to break the cycle is the is us, the ones with the brains... We change the way hmm. that we manage them. But you, you would agree, wouldn't you, that society itself in general is softer now than it was, say, 50 years ago, right? No. You don't think so? Nope. Nope. Interesting. Okay. I mean... Uh, you can have that opinion. I, I would disagree with you. The... Uh, 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 there were probably less opportunities back then for individuals to go and make it, have a go of it 50 years ago. Yeah, um, I'm not talking about opportunities or, or achievements i'm talking about the mentality of society i think um, we are a softer society today and for better and worse like you know there I mean, are how can you, it's, it's a perception how, cite an example like give me an example um we have a society where a certain percentage of people uh get upset if you don't refer to them by their chosen pronouns and i don't you, think you would have had that 50 years you ago. don't think that back then there may have been a certain cohort that um, uh, uh, maybe maybe not that exact issue, but a mm. different issue. Didn't think that they should have to wear a three piece suit to work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's it's horses for courses. It's just it's just a, a a different gripe at a different time. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I I, right. I think it's it's all yeah it's the same thing over and over again. Okay. Interesting. Um, Let, let's segue back to. I want to talk about some of the COVID numbers because, like what you were saying before about how. Some people are and have been terrified of COVID for the entire pandemic. Like, I actually ran through the numbers because I've been having... What's been very interesting for me of late, and it's only really been in the last couple of months. Like, yep. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have really stopped paying any attention at all to mainstream news. Yep. I don't turn it on. It actually... Like, in the last two weeks, I watched a little bit of it and it actually really, like, upset me a lot of the things... Yep. That were being said, and obviously it's because I was in a bad headspace for the last two weeks as well. Yep, being sick, knowing that it was Fauci's bioweapon that I was <laughs> dealing with, and knowing that, like, literally sitting there going, "Someone did this, and it's affecting me. It's affecting my family." And it's like I think I explained to you the other day, or might might have been uh, talking to Amanda about it, but it would literally have been like. So you run a business selling used cars, you're getting a cricket bat, going down the road, smashing people's cars up right in front of them, and be like, oh, your car is broken. The great news is, though, I sell cars. Yeah, I have the solution, yeah. Yeah, here's the solution for I, the problem I that I've created yeah, for you. exactly, yeah. Yeah, so what has been interesting for me in these small snippets of some of the mainstream stuff that I have seen is there is a, a, lot, of the, um, a lot of the rhetoric has changed and has evolved over time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the bullshit has changed. Now, the bullshit itself has has changed because now it's become undeniable. Example being, 
uh, vaccines don't stop you transmitting the disease. They only give you personal protection, apparently. Yeah, they'll still say it. Now they, some of them will. They, they will still say it, yeah. but uh, there has been some interesting developments in regards to that, especially in regards to workplace mandates recently. Example being the AFL. The AFL were very strict. Uh, they had a vaccine mandate last year. If you didn't get vaxxed, you're out. Yeah. Right? Now, the NRL had kind of one. It was like a team-by-team team thing. And there's certain teams that... I think use it as an excuse to scud some people that they would have wanted to fire anyway because right. maybe they'll run some expensive contracts. But I know that there were certain teams that players aren't vaxxed and just no one spoke about it. Sure. And I know the NBA did the exact same thing. Like these are these are these are Ferraris, right? Yeah. You know, you're not going to put bad oil in a Ferrari yeah. that you've spent millions of dollars on. Yeah, I'm not using a new fuel that's never been yeah, that's right. tested before. Yes. In the Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I have found that a lot of that rhetoric changing around, like, because the AFL's basically come out and said, whilst we strongly suggest you get vaccinated, they no longer have a mandate. Mm. And what what really was, uh, it shouldn't really trigger me because it's the way that we want things to go, but with everything just sort of all of a sudden going the other way. So in, in Victoria, for example, you've got, all this talk recently about how the new health minister, because Martin Foley resigned, who I can't remember what her name is, but apparently she's received all this health advice about uh, we should be bringing back mask mandates for winter. And they have gone against the health advice. And there's been all these headlines about how for the first time, is what the headlines say, you know, these governments have gone against the health advice and now they're starting to go, oh, it's a political decision. Well, as we detailed on the podcast a few weeks ago, we know full well that the Victorian government, at least, didn't receive any health advice since, like, October last year. Yeah. So it's been political the entire time. We've said it's been political yeah. the entire time. And now we're at a point where it's becoming clear as day for people that it has been political the entire time. Yeah. And it is interesting because the statistics for this year are fucking terrible. <laughs> like, if, if you were ever going to justify any of the uh, the things that they have done, lockdowns, mandates, all of it, the data from this year should have been... We should be doing it now. We should be doing it now. Yeah. Uh, and just to just to sort of paint a picture for you, I did a quick look up of the stats uh, just before you got here. So going back, at the start of the pandemic, 2020, so the whole of 2020 in Australia, we had 28,408 cases and 909 deaths. Mm-hmm. Now... One of the things that contributed to a lot of those deaths too back in 2020 was the speed in which they put people on ventilators. So yeah, this is something that, damage, right? yeah, this is something that you'll notice just we don't do anymore yeah. because unfortunately what happened was, it was I think it was about... Jul- we probably don't need to go into it. Okay. We just know the ventilator's bad. Long story short, uh, the drug that they started prescribing people was remdesivir. Remdesivir was giving people kidney failure. So when you're hooked up to a ventilator... And what, one, things that, one of the things that your kidneys do is they help you excrete, excrete water. So if your kidneys are failing, your body retains too much water. So you're having people who were put in a coma, put on a ventilator, hooked up to an IV drip with kidneys that don't work so they weren't expelling any water, and the ventilator was literally pushing that water Drown. into their lungs and drowning people. That's why we don't use ventilators anymore. So you had, yeah, call it 29,000 cases in, in 2020, 909 deaths. In 2021, which is obviously when the vaccine rollout began, February 2021, 
But the total of the year, 334,269 cases. So a pretty significant increase in cases. Almost 10, well, sorry, over 10 times the cases. Now the deaths, only 1,317. And remember, we were told at the time it's because the variants, like primarily was Delta in 2021, were more transmissible but less deadly. Mm. Like we were told that, right? Fast forward to 2022. Now, this is year to date. It's only, what, the 15th of July today. Cases, just for 2022. So we've gone 300,000 in. Yeah, so we went 29,000, 334,000. And as of uh, in the 7th month, 8,329,198 cases yeah. as of today. With for 8,352 deaths. Right. So, obviously... Much, much higher case count, much, much higher death count. And the problem is that using that data, if you wanted to, you could claim that the claim around the vaccine efficacy of reducing severe illness and death is true. Right. Because you go, oh, well, we've had 8 million cases. That is, what, almost 30 times as many cases as we had last year. Mm. And we've only had four times as many deaths. Therefore, the mm. vaccine is is working. It's sure. stopping people getting severely ill and dying. But I put it put this to you. We were also told that Omicron was far more transmissible and far less deadly. And remember, back in uh, 2020, we are still talking a less than 1% uh, case-to-death ratio. So if you've gone original alpha strain less than 1%, then you've gone delta strain less than the less than 1%, then you've got Omicron, less than Delta. Then you've had all these different variants of Omicron, which I don't even know why all of a sudden Omicron just started getting its own variants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand that either. But in other words, the, the virus has done what a lot of people said that it would do and what we mirrored on this podcast early on, which was it is evolving to infect more people and kill less, yeah. which is what viruses want to do. Yep. And it is not a guarantee that that is what would happen. But that's what the data was showing, yeah. right? As much as uh, people in official positions uh, wanted to basically tell you not to believe the data or not believe your eyes, they just wanted to tell you what to believe. Sure. But the, the reality is this. We've had uh, 8 million cases and it's the number is skyrocketing every single day. I mean, I had it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we had it three months ago and barely even noticed. Yeah. This time around, it it knocked us around a fair bit. And I think it's because, like Amanda, I know, got a secondary infection, so she had to get antibiotics for a secondary infection. Uh, but I don't know if it's because this is a new variant, like if this is... That's what I don't think. That, your case to me is I know what you guys are going through mm. for the last two, three months in yeah. terms of the amount of just illness and downtime and you know, stuck in the house and... yeah. You guys are going to get smashed by anything. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, case in point, there's no one else has been as hard hit, mm. you know, second time around that in our, in our cohort. Yeah. Yeah. True. Than, yeah. Than you guys. And we, we knew that too. Like as long as we kept sending Nate to daycare, he was going to keep bringing stuff home. Yeah. And it's been interesting too. Like, um, and even speaking to, so speaking to the daycare workers, like they, they, a lot of them have been saying, we've never seen anything like this and we know what the reason is the reason is everyone's run out of sick leave in the last two years they don't have any sick leave anymore because you remember when people stay home from work because the kids are sick you're on sick leave yeah you only get 14 days a year yeah. 
Like, the, it's the law now. If you have COVID, you have to stay home for seven days. Yeah. So anytime you test positive to it, that's half your sick leave for the whole year gone. So people have run out of sick leave and now there's no payments anymore. So the federal government's removed the, um, yeah. those payments. People can't afford to keep the kids home anymore. And to top it off even worse, doctors are still pulling the bullshit of we're not seeing you if you've got any respiratory issues. So when you're calling, when you're getting a fucking telehealth appointment going, hey, it's been seven days, my kid needs to go back to daycare, I need you to sign him off. They're like, oh, how does he seem? What are the parents going to say? Yeah, he's fine. I need yeah, to go yeah. back to work. He's fine. Yeah. And then they're just writing off these clearance notes to send kids back who are clearly still sick. It has been, it has been a real mess. I think that it's caused, like the seven-day isolation period has really caused issues with supply chains. Um, it's yep. Yeah, it was funny. We were talking about at at uh, yes, please. We were talking at lunch today how um, one of But at yeah. the same time, they're still trying to gouge, you know. Mm. They deserve it because yeah. they, they're not set up properly. Anyway, so it's causing all these trickle-down effects and the fact that you've got a doctor's, doctors, you know, hospitals all behind the eight ball mm. because of policy, not because of disease. That's right. Because of policy. Yeah. That's where I have an issue. And that's yeah. where, like, you know, did you, did you watch that... Um, Freddie Sayer interviewing on Unheard. Yeah, I did. The health minister from Sweden. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of this stuff. That's right. And they functioned as a, as a society. Mm-hmm. And remember we said, we'll look at their, their numbers. Our numbers were better than theirs, so we thought we were doing better. Mm-hmm. But we're catching up at a rate of knots. And like... They, their GDP remained the same. Yeah. They actually gained because the rest of the world fell apart. Yep. And it could be argued that we could have just done... We should have just put all the information out there, created the vaccines, made them available for the people that it was actually going to help, yep. i.e. the old immunocompromised, mm-hmm. and kicked on with business and said, this is what we recommend. We think that you should stay 1.5 metres apart, which yep. social distancing is going to be the best That's thing, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Can we agree, yep. agree on that? You know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Yep. But if they would have just given us the information, were honest with the data that they gave us, we, we are smart enough as a nation to have made the right choice. That's right. The fact that we are have have uh, put that in the hands of bureaucrats yep. that you know have had ulterior motives, mm-hmm. um, because you know it's interesting that all the state premiers probably won't be in the job by the end of that's right their terms. Yeah could be argued and that's something that's reflected around the world that's not just an australian phenomenon yeah i mean look at look at the uk you've just had boris johnson resign he was one of the big COVID crew and in the same week before he pulled the pin his um what's his name javid i can't remember but the health minister the health minister that was part of that famous viral video of when he was interviewing there was that um I think it was an anaesthetist inside a hospital and the health minister was going around telling all the hospital workers that, that they one. yeah that they need to be vaccinated. Yeah. And this guy was like I've literally been working on the front lines during covid for the last 18 months. 
I have had COVID. I've recovered from COVID. My natural immunity will be stronger than anything that some new vaccine can give me. And you are now saying that after 30 years service that I'll lose my job if I don't take this experimental vaccine. Anyway, so that guy, he resigned in the week beforehand too. So, I mean, you... So they won't ever face music. No, and that's, again, that is, to me, it's the most frustrating thing about all this. Like, you look at Australia, the... Um, who was the Australian Health Minister? Because he resigned too, the federal one. Can't even remember his name. Greg now. Hunt? Greg Hunt, that's right. So Greg Hunt, who was uh, running things during COVID, he's resigned. Uh, Martin fair, Foley. He's had, he was pro- <clears throat> if you think back, he was probably the most liberal in his approach. He was almost the last person to really push uh, mandates. Mm. He was he was probably the softest in terms of policy compared to all. Yeah, could have been all a ploy. Yeah, we spoke about it the whole time feds and um, yep. and uh, states could have been an element of controlled it. opposition to make could it look like cop. yeah yeah. But but at the end of the day, like look at look at Australia's COVID situation. So you had ScoMo, he lost his job because the people booted him out, destroyed too. Yeah, and I've must and I've said it before. I've never seen anyone happier to lose a prime ministership in my life. Yeah, and you could. Easily say it's been a stressful three years for him, so yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But he needs a trip to Bali. Yeah, yeah, needs a holiday. That bloke. So anyway, he you know that they've put a plaque on his seat in Bali. Oh really? He's having the beers with the boys while the while the country was burning down. Yeah, mad. And you know, Albo who criticised him for that was has been overseas handing out money to Ukraine no, no, while no, no, Sydney's no, no. underwater. So, okay, I'm going to push back against that because I've okay. heard that before. Yep, he's working. He's done deals. Yeah, he sent $100 million to Ukraine while his people suffered. No, no. Cool. He's, he's done free trade agreements with uh, with Singapore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got ministers in the in the Cook Islands. Yep. He's working. I, I get it. was not working. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I can accept that he's over there trying to do work. What I am frustrated with is uh, year to date for like calendar year 2022 since the Ukraine war started. Australia has sent $330 million to Ukraine. Yeah, that's crazy. During an unprecedented uh, inflation crisis at home, cost of living crisis, energy crisis. It like helps we, their inflation. Sending $300 million to Ukraine helps inflation. Yeah, it helps it go up. Nope. No. You've removed money supply from our... No, no, no. But you borrowed that money in the first place, mate. <laughs> we didn't have that money to send. Like $330 million. We So we, we had the head we of the... We probably got in in the upping of the speeding tickets. <laughs> just oh yeah, skim through a million out of it. Well, yeah, who knows? Who knows if that's uh that's in response to trying to pay down some of the budget measures? But like we've literally gone and like we've got a, we got one trillion in debt. So the one trillion in debt was the justification to remove these COVID stay at home payments. And yeah, we've sent three hundred thirty million dollars right. to a country that we're not even technically an ally with. They're not a part of NATO. Like there, there should be no yeah, reason why. Yeah, and also the money for uh, who. Some West African countries been a bit like where's their money? Yeah, exactly. So this is this is a thing that I've spoken about a million times. But I want receipts for all the money spent on. I want receipts. Like if I, hopefully, I'm, I'm not registering on there, or is yours not registering on there? No, no, I've... no. This one's not. That one's not moving. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, there you go. No, it's moving now. Yeah, it's moving now. We may have just lost a lot of this podcast, but yeah, anyway, sorry about that. Let's just keep going. It was a rant. Um, Am I at the top or the bottom? On the bottom. So yeah. maybe in me. That's fine. You yeah. were talking. Yeah, I was talking the most anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I cop that Albo may be flying around actually doing some deals. I do cop that. 
However, unfortunately, uh, when you're in glass houses, you shouldn't throw stones. And one of the things that he threw stones at ScoMo about was abandoning his people during these times of crisis. And we have had crises in Australia, like floods, that he wasn't here for, didn't come back for, and that was the criticism that he'd levelled at, at his predecessor. Look, I, I, I wasn't a massive anti-ScoMo having a holiday. I think everyone deserves their holiday. You know, I, I, I understand that it's bad optics. Mm-hmm. But I do think those are two very different things. Oh, yeah, but there's still plenty more time for Albo to keep fucking up too. We, we had plenty of ammunition on ScoMo's record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you'll, and also, don't forget too, the fact that we have seen ScoMo's bad side mm. under a Murdoch press yeah. is surprising. Imagine the stuff that we missed. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's saying, I'm not a ScoMo apologist. ScoMo is a piece of shit. You do sound critical of Labor, though. You sound I'm, very critical of I'm critical of, of all of them. Yeah, but, I don't, but you're, not, you're not balancing out the fact that it's an unfair battle given the information that we're given. But I'm not... What do you mean? I, I think I'm being very balanced. I'm criticising him for giving $330 million to a different country when, no, and, and when that, his own people are that, struggling. That part I agree. Mm. But him saying that likening him to ScoMo for ScoMo's on holiday, so it's two separate things, mm-hmm. while Albo, which you should, when you get in, uh, when you're an incumbent... Oh, sorry, sorry. When you are, is incumbent mean? Incumbent means you were. You, Skomo was the incumbent. Okay, so yeah. w- now when you're in your government, mm-hmm. you do need to go make those treaties. Mm-hmm. You do need to go travel around to, to to do the meet and greet. That is a part of it. So mm-hmm. the fact that we're criticising it just because you have a, a, a you know an event, I I don't cop that. That's, okay, I don't okay. think that's, that's fair. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I can criticise him for the Ukraine thing. Hundred percent. I can criticise him for uh, voting yes for the. Um, changes to the international health regulations 100%. which would have handed our sovereignty over to the world health organization I don't understand, in the event of a pandemic i don't understand why anyone would want to relinquish power to a foreign entity it makes no sense well it, it and this this is this is getting us back to the point all of when you said before about ulterior motives the only thing that explains the consistent uh, direction of the decisions that were made during the pandemic and continue to be made now is ulterior motives. It's the only thing yeah. that makes sense. You cannot have every single decision go in the same direction and claim it's just incompetence. It's clearly not. Yeah, no, and no, I agree with that. That's why, unfortunately, all the rats are abandoning ship. Yeah, like, and that's why we need to keep an eye on them. Yeah, Scomo, Greg Hunt, both gone. Uh, look at so look close to home in Queensland. Well, yeah, Gladys and John Barilaro gone, and John Barilaro lost his new plum chair too. Yeah, yeah. His five hundred thousand oh, dollars job he created for himself. But I already had me like my, my post redirected to Manhattan. But think about it: that dodgy shit has happened in Queensland. Pal- the Palaszczuk regime has done the exact same thing for themselves. So the health minister in Queensland during the pandemic, Jeanette Young, what's she now? She's the governor of Queensland. Mm. So she's been given. The plum position, which also just happens to be the position that if you have a vote of no confidence in the government, you have to go through the governor to take it, ah, like, okay, yeah. right? So in other words, she's put her buddy in the position to protect her. But I will put this out there. If you're in her position, you do exactly the same thing. I, I would be your governor. You would. Human, yeah, human yeah. Nat- it's human nature. It's the same conversation I had with Chris about jobs. Applying through Seek is a dumb idea mm-hmm. when the best way to do it is make a friend put a, put a face to your name mm-hmm. and, and under, like you have a three-dimensional approach to, well, sorry, a three-dimensional picture of what that person's about. Yep. 
Which is why exactly why you put someone you know in a position of power. Just because I would do the exact same thing doesn't make it right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you can. Say, the reason why I outline that is because we act like we say we are critical of these things, but. I do genuinely argue that if we're in the same position, we'd probably do the same thing. But I don't it looks know. bad from the bottom up, mm. but, from, but at that at that level, I can justify. It. Now, I no, I am agreeing with you as well. I do think it's it's the only maybe the only counter for the um, Yvette Young one is that now she could probably still be held accountable if something happens, whereas the Barillaras and the Berejiklians that have left. Mm they maybe have washed their hands off it of it because yeah, they're maybe. no longer in that power. Um, I would say that's worse. Going it's... like jumping I am more critical of someone who's jumped out of a senior political position that goes and jumps into a company. And yeah, remember like we're a watching corporate thing that they are supposed to regulate. Correct. And that's <coughs> and the analyze that let's let's keep yeah, yeah. an eye on where Gladys you know Gladys is currently at Optus. Yep. Let's see where she ends up after the Optus game. So, to, but to give you a few more examples, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk made herself the head of the 2032 Olympic Committee. The other members of that Olympic Committee that she made are Stephen Miles, her Deputy Premier, and Yvette Darth, the stupid bitch with the fucking lisp who can't speak, who's our Health Minister. So, in other words, these rats who know that they did the wrong thing by their people have just, they've guaranteed themselves lucrative government jobs until 2032. Which you do too. I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it's it's when it's the public service, you have to be in the interest of serving the public. You can if you want to make all the dodgy crap decisions, I'm... go into business. That's cool. <laughs> but because no, that's what business is for. Business is business supposed is, to be about profits. Business is more regulated than what governments are. Exactly, and yeah. that is not right. That's not. That right. is not what yeah, it should I agree be. With that. So so that's the queen, the COVID situation <laughs> in Queensland. And remember too, don't forget. Remember how there was the guy before Dr. John Gerard that was supposed to take over from Jeanette Young? And bailed out the and week before. And bailed out the week before, because he's like, I ain't saying that shit. Because that, was that not in the weeks leading up to mandates? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It's it was, like, it was yeah. before they brought in the mandates for the like school holidays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying that. Exactly. Which is what we're assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it mean, was a pretty sweetheart job. Absolutely. And, you know, he'd already accepted the job and then bailed out a week beforehand. So I that's s- Queensland. You know, look at Victoria. Victoria, the health minister, Martin Foley, he resigned. Like, he was one pushing mandates. Like, how many senior ministers have resigned from Dan Andrews' uh, cabinet in the last... Was it 11? Oh, it's more than that. It, it, that might have been 11 in one go, but it's way more than yeah. that. Can we just... Because uh, we're, we're, we're running long. <clears throat> Can we talk real quickly about... Did you, in the last episode that you watched with Chris, did you get enough information about the Twitter deal going south? Um, yeah, I felt like I did. Did you hear Adam Curry's take on Elon Musk on the previous Well, he's no been saying it since the beginning. He literally predicted this. It. He predicted all of this, yeah. and it's gone exactly the way as Adam predicted. Mm. But did you also hear Adam's other gripe? Which he's was? not a Musk fan. Mm. About cloning. Yeah. So he said that Elon's all Elon's money has come from government contracts. Yeah. So Tesla green credits is one. Yeah. SpaceX is purely made up of of NASA satellite contracts. Mm -hmm. Adam is adamant, that's probably why his name is Adam, Mm -hmm. adamant that Elon is working for one, if not multiple, governments. Yeah. And that he's experimenting with human cloning. He's got 10 kids, Mm -hmm. 
three sets of twins mm-hmm. and two of the previous sets of twins <laughs> were within like months of each other. Right. So he thinks he's experimenting with cloning. He, yeah. Now, he is, he is the crackpot, Adam Curry. Yes. Has been right. More than he's been wrong. Oh, yeah. Has literally yeah. nailed this thing 100%. Look, here's the thing. I, I agree with his sentiments <coughs> on Elon to an extent. He has met him too, by the way. Yeah, they yeah. have met, yeah. yeah. But I, I agree with him to an extent because, uh, like you said, the majority of Elon's wealth has come from government grants. At least that's where he's got his starts on a lot of things. He's also explained no one gets as big as Elon has in multiple different uh, industries without being in with the right people and being assisted by government. Because government could regulate away any of his business in the drop of a hat. Yep. And the fact that they haven't in... I mean, like, the guy's literally has the boring company where he can bore tunnels underneath cities. Like, that's the sort of thing that in a heartbeat, if you're trying to, like, take that dude out because you think he's getting too powerful, you can just switch it off. Mm. But he's been basically allowed to, to operate fairly freely. So, from the perspective of him potentially working for government and being this controlled opposition figurehead, because obviously a lot of the red pills love Elon Musk. Everyone was very excited about him potentially buying Twitter for a lot of freedom reasons. I know Adam Curry's take on it was that it's a bad thing because it's he's just out there as controlled opposition. So he's he didn't there. say it was a bad thing. He just said it was it, he it's was not, not there to buy. It. It yeah, yeah. he he is purely there to destroy it. Yeah. Um, as far as the cloning thing goes, Elon has mentioned before his concerns about, uh, declining populations, particularly in the West. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment about, uh, you know, like there's been too many people on the the world. And they're wrong. The World Economic Forum people are all about, you know, there's too many people. We need to... If we do a really good job on vaccines, we could knock that number down by 10 or 15%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag Bill Gates. Um, I'm with you. I completely disagree that there is an overpopulation problem. I think if you look at... Especially our country, we need way more people. Yeah. Uh, the inflationary issues uh, and like lack of growth and all that sort of stuff, they get solved by having more people. For sure. More producers, more consumers. Like that yep. solves that stuff. Um, a lot of the reasons why people think we have too many people are because of climate rhetoric. You know, a lot of the climate change stuff that's mm. been pushed for many, 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 many years, mm. which is all about getting a scared of an unseen enemy, like an invisible enemy that's going to, you know, tear the house down in five minutes' time. And Flood if, the house. If you don't send us money. Yeah. Like, that's essentially what, <laughs> yeah. it, what it is, right? It's amazing how many of these issues in life can be solved by sending money to a political party. <laughs> yeah. You know, like look at what happened to the Democrats with the whole Roe v. Wade thing. That like they crazy. had a chance to codify it. And instead of doing that, that's the 15 bucks. Out, yeah, give us $15. And we'll maybe not do it, or we'll do even less about it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if Elon Musk is experimenting with cloning. I think... He's he, got 10 kids. To yeah, different I, women. I, I get that. All hot women. All hot women. Look. Oh, Grimes, maybe not so much. Very talented. Oh, she's hot enough. Hot, crazy scale. She's up there. Yeah. Um, but I just think he's, he doesn't have a lot of time. And he doesn't want to pull out. Why would you pull out? Feels better than not. Why would you wear condoms? Like, if you could afford it, why not? 
have as many kids as you want, especially if you don't have to take care of them. Especially, if you don't <laughs> that's have a really good someone point. Someone else is taking care <laughs> of them. You know I love my kids. That logic is like undeniable. Oh, dude, like I love my kids, right? Yeah. I absolutely adore them. Anyone who follows me on social media knows how much I love my children. But in the last two fucking weeks, the amount of times I want to throw them out a fucking window, it. Like, Elon's like, yes, I'm going to space, yeah. Yeah, Elon's literally like, I work 20 hours a day and I sleep three and a half, so I've got half an hour a day to share between my 10 children to all my different wives. And do you know what Elon does? It like, Elon like grimes messages him going, hey, when you come and spend time with the kids? And Elon's like, oh, I'm at this, I'm at the other mum's house. And he's not. Yeah. <laughs> he's just working still. He's literally figuring out how to move to a different planet. He's probably, yeah, he's probably... Busy blowing in someone else. <laughs> okay, so right, the so guy Elon Musk have a lot done. of time. Again, we're running short. I want to. We need to talk quickly about Sri Lanka. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So not just Sri Lanka too. It's not. They haven't really spoken about it on the news, except for the fact that there's protests there. Yeah. The government's gone. The government right. has collapsed in Sri Lanka, yep. and it's due to farming regulations. They've yep. tried to, and it's the, and it happened in the Netherlands. Yes. And the Netherlands, obviously, government hasn't fallen over. They're far more sophisticated than what Sri Lanka is. But yeah. the, the thing is the same. They're trying to pull nitrogen out of the air. Yeah, which... Well, out of the... Out of the farming, out of agriculture. Yeah. So the, the farm in the Netherlands... The fertiliser they use is, is nitrogen-rich. Yeah. And... For a reason. Of, seemingly out of nowhere, they have decided that, they are tr- that nitrogen's the problem now when it comes to farming. Yeah. And that all these farms that have a nitrogen level of X in their soil need to be shut down for the good of the world yeah and it just so happens that especially in like the netherlands all these farms that have the nitrogen level at x are all the small farms yeah and all the big farms don't have the same sort of problem yeah so it is this arbitrary uh green policy hidden uh, a fear on a hidden element fear in the air yeah there's literally fear in the air it's the exact same elements <clears throat> as the covid scam hmm. Like, we use an invisible enemy. Like, you can't see the nitrogen in the soil. A pathogen. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's an invisible thing, which apparently is going to kill us unless we take action. And, unfortunately, uh, like, the, the Netherlands is really going through it. Like, they're literally talking about shutting down 30% of the farms. Like, think about the other thing, the other headlines that you see on the news at the moment. We are in a, like, global food crisis is coming. They keep talking about it. Oh, there's like, you know, look at the cost of everything down at the shops at the moment. It's not just because of fuel. It's because we've got some food shortages because a lot of supply chain issues. Well, what are we doing around the world at the same time? Shutting down farms. Like... Same thing around cars. Just a quick side note. Something is happening in Australia. Australia's been very anti-cars. So we've got chip shortages, which has reduced the amount of uh, new cars that have hit the market. Mm -hmm. They... The government has just tightened the rules around imports making it harder to get imported vehicles here used vehicles yeah so to even further decrease supply and they're also now putting another clamp down on the way that you scrap vehicles to make it harder to sell parts off those vehicles yeah interesting and it's which which is is essentially recycling. Like it's what anyone who's a green lover should want you to recycle parts as much which, as you possibly which, can. And I would say cars is one of the most recycled commodity on the planet yeah. because literally, like a scrap yard, you, you you drive past them, like they're our dream. That's the right. amount of dealings that we do with it, you just grab a part yeah. that's failed on your car, pick it up out of that one, put it in yours, and you're yeah. good. So so again, that's one of those things where, like we said before. Uh, this is a bureaucratic decision that has been made, yeah. which goes in a certain direction, 
which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Is it incompetence or is it corruption? Like, is there an ulterior motive behind that? Um, it was, it's one of the things that happened in Sri Lanka before the government failed was they tried to restrict uh, fuel sales. The, the, the normal people weren't allowed to buy fuel for their cars. Like, it was restricted to only, like, military and government or something like that. Right. It was one of the things that literally happened in the days leading up to them literally storming the fucking... Is it the president or the prime minister? President? Prime minister, I think. Prime minister's house. And you know what's wild? If I was the guy... The optics look really bad because mm. he's fled for the Maldives. Yeah. Okay. If if you're fleeing... If you're fleeing... Like, if you're a government official that's trying to exile yourself... Yeah. Purely for optics... Go to a country on par or worse than the you country that you're leaving. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks so bad when you That's go, right. hey, I need to get out of here. Maldives looks good. <laughs> yeah. The weather in Maldives but, is but great. Again, this is, this is why I get so upset about us sending $330 million to Ukraine because the exact same thing is happening there as what has happened in Sri Lanka, as what happened in Afghanistan. When, when the Afghani government crumbled within five minutes of the West deciding to leave that country... The president of the country fled, taking hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. of American dollars with him. Yeah. The exact same thing has happened in Sri Lanka, and the exact same thing is happening with a lot of Mugabe. Mugabe was Ukraine. the Zimbabwe president. Fifty million dollars worth of foreign aid in, sixty million dollars worth of Mugabe investment out yeah. every year. Yeah. <clears throat> Just on it really quickly about the um, wonton don. It's bar. It's a bar stool product. Wonton don. He travels around the around the world. Right. I love his his videos. He's currently visiting Iraq. Okay. And you, when you you know your thoughts of Iraq, the war torn part. Now you definitely see that they loved him. Yeah. Right. People yelling at him on the streets when he was trying to cross the road, and he mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, I, I don't know if they just don't like Americans." Yeah. They're saying, "How are you? How are you?" They're testing their English. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. people are walking past, going like, "You're welcome here." Like we want. We yeah. want want people back, so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's nice to see when left to your own devices. Now they had a massive coup only twenty nineteen. They kicked the government out that was put in by, by the, the Americans. Americans, yeah. they got their own, and they're flying. Yeah, the people will sort out their stuff. Mm. Now Sri Lanka, I, I hope that Sri Lanka sorts their stuff out, get rid of this this obviously corrupt government, and go back to being Sri Lankans. You know, and the, yeah. and and then be and they'll sort it out. I have Do you know what's going to be very out. interesting to follow on this? Is how it is portrayed in the media over here if it gets portrayed at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I want to say it now because we've got to look at it. Yeah, that's right. Because like you're saying about like Iraq, like our... When the media stopped talking about Iraq because it was no longer... Convenient. Convenient for Mm -hmm. them. Everyone's view of Iraq was that it's just a terrorist hotspot and they've grown... Like you've got a generation of children that's grown up under attack from the West and they hate the West and it's, you know, the place has been torn apart and... Like, it's it's a dead state, is essentially yeah. what, what everyone's perception was. And like you're saying, now, anyone who actually goes there... And look, I'm, I'm only commenting... Like, I don't know. I haven't been there. Mm. But I would say that our, our idea of it is different to the reality. Absolutely. And the way that... Like, I haven't seen much on what's happening in Sri Lanka, which you fucking should. Yeah. But again, does, it, does any government want to to broadcast to their people who they have just oppressed for two years, uh, this other country's just had their government overthrown because they literally just walked into the guy's house and said, you're out. You don't, you don't want that because you don't want to tell... Like, there's... Um, I watch a lot of kids' movies these days. There's a kids' movie, A Bug's Life, that was out when we were kids. Mm. Remember that? About the ants? Yeah. And 
the ants have this, because we watched it with Nate a few weeks ago, the ants, every single year, they have this pressure to uh, to harvest enough food for, the. I think it's the crickets, because the crickets come and they, they have to have this like offering, otherwise the crickets are going to kill all the ants. Yep. And at one point, I can't remember the exact line, people would have seen memes of it, but there's a, this one point where the crickets are like, like the general of the crickets is addressing the people and they're basically saying that if the ants knew that they could fight back, like they, they massively outnumber us, they just yeah. cannot know There's that a, that's even an option. That's a message. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And so for me, if, I, if I'm the Australian government and I've controlled the media for the last two straight years to, to throw out whatever narrative that I, I need them to throw out, I'm probably telling them to not talk about how another country has just had their government overthrown by literally people just walking in the front door saying, hey, you're not doing a good enough job. We've had enough. We'll yeah. take over. We think you need a little trip to the Maldives. <laughs> yeah. And um, on that note, really we haven't long, we will leave it there. Fair enough. All right. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining us, guys. We will see you on next week's episode of The VK Bros. Bye. Cheers. Yeah.